I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Tons of people take a multivitamin. Me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph. Ralphie. Andrew and Dave. All right, I got the got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you what. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Hey, Andrew. Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shoot her out! <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If it's Wednesday, that means we are on Twitter Spaces. 
Join us every Wednesday night. We're hanging out on Twitter Spaces. We're having a blast. You can join us. We're going to have a ton of people interact with us. You probably listen to it later on this one because this one we don't have as, as big a crowd as normal. But hey, you need to join us every Wednesday because free agency, Andrew, is only 14 days away. And tell the people what we're going to do during Saints free agency with Twitter Spaces. Tell, tell them the plan that we have for when the Saints make moves in free agency dur- dur- for Twitter Spaces. Tell the people the plan. Well, it's... It- yeah, it's pretty simple. We're we're going to go live. We're going to go immediately. We're going to tell you everything that you need to know about every single guy. I'm going to watch the tape. I'm going to study the tape. I'm going to give you guys written content. We're going to go live as soon as it happens, pretty much. So you're going to want to be connected because we're going to give you more content yeah. than you can stomach. And you should be a patron because we're going to just, it's going to be a fire hose. And here's the thing. We'll get to it in a minute, but Andrew, if the Saints spend money recklessly in free agency, I'm going to get banned from this app because I'm going to be like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. I got names. I'm coming for the salary cap nerds. And you'll get other people. They'll give you like cold analysis. They'll tell you the X's and O's. We will just be a glass case of emotion. We will be cackling if the Saints make a big a big splash signing. We are where you want to be because it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, Andrew, tonight I want to talk about this. You uh, have been breaking down the quarterbacks, and, and we got some people that I know uh, watch film. We got Kevin and we got Butterich in here tonight. We're going to get them. They're going to talk to us about it too. But you've been breaking down the film, and you texted me the other day, and we, we were talking about it. You're concerned about Kenny Pickett. I did not realize he has tiny, tiny infant-sized hands. Well, yeah, his his situation is one of the stranger things I've ever seen. So if you've paid attention to this with any kind of proximity, he went publicly and said that he was double-jointed. And that's a nomenclature incorrectness or whatever you want to call it, first of all, because it's weird. Like double jointed means you actually have more dexterity. You have more flexibility, right? If you're double jointed, he, he has less flexibility. His issue is not being double jointed. It's actually his thumb has less flexibility based on whatever issue that he has. Right. So the thing that's weird is that when they measure your hand size, quote unquote, it's really measured when you stretch out your hand and they measure it from the edge of your pinky to the edge of your thumb, if you're stretching it out completely, right? And so Pickett is measuring really small, but it's not because his hand is necessarily small. It's because he can't stretch out his thumb fully. And so that that's the caveat here is that I don't know how long his, his fingers are, how long, how big his hand actually is. And is it an issue of his thumbs flexibility or, and, and so I know I'm getting super granular and weird here, but the reason that I'm getting like really detailed into this is, is the following. I have an eight and a half in, inch hand, That that's how big my hand is. I can throw a college football. No problem. Tight spiral. I can throw it about 40 yards. You know, I, at this point in my life, I'm 41. I can throw it 40 yards. No problem. You give me an NFL ball, 
with eight and a half hands, and and everyone calls Joe Burrow's hands small. His hands are nine inches, so they're five inches. They're 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 a half inch bigger than mine, right? And or you know whatever. Anyway, so he he obviously has had no problems this year in the league. My hands are the same size as Jeff Blake's. Jeff Blake and and Michael Vick are the two pro quarterbacks that have been successful that have the smallest hands the league has ever seen. They're the same size as my hands. I'm telling you, when I try to throw an NFL football, I can't do it. Well, it's too big. It, it, it's it's the, it's longer in size. It's it's wider in girth. And I can't really do it. Well, I, I can throw an NFL football maybe 15 yards with a good spiral at best. Well, here's the, and so pick Pickett's hand is eight and a quarter. Well, here's here's my thing. And Andrew, you have like I think you have like a slight echo or something. But here's my thing. I don't eat the tape. I don't break it down. I, I'm not a huge draft film watcher, but I am a degenerate gambler. So here's my thing. When you tell me that dudes with eight and a half or smaller hands, you can only come up with two names of the last 30 plus years. That is a giant red flag. And I know people were in my mentions today. They're like, Joe Burrow had small hands. No, no. Joe Burrow had nine inch hands. Kenny Pickett is like dangerously low. Like he's below whatever the line is for small hands. He's below it. He's like Stewie from the family guy size hands. It's the best way. I, the best way I can put it is he's in the zero percentile. <laughs> he's in the, That's not a joke. Not, I know you're I, laughing, but like that, no, seriously, like the smallest hands ever that have worked are Vic and Jeff Blake, Jeff Blake, 8.5. He's 8.25. Eight and a quarter. So, again, like the the caveat that I give is that normally you measure from pinky to thumb, and his thumb is brought in because of injuries that he's had and some issues, and so his thumb like sinks into his hand further than it normally should, and he de- and he has problems with his thumb stretching all the way out. And so maybe he can still grip the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe the measurement isn't great, but maybe his hand's big enough to compensate Mm -hmm. for it. So that's what I don't know. But what I can tell you is, you know what's interesting is you look at Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. They both have like 10 10 inches and a quarter hands. Like Brees and Wilson for as small as they are. Freakish hands. Freakish hands. Kyler Murray to some degree too. As small as they are, their hands are freaking freakishly enormous. That's right. And and, and listen, I know people will say, oh, if he, if he turns out, they'll make fun of all my tweets about him having small hands. And it's fine. Like, I don't care. Like, if the Saints draft him and he's great, that's fine. I'm just saying, if I was gambling on him and he was like, he's a long shot by whatever definition you want to do. Uh, and if you want to join us, hit us up, request to speak, and you can and join us. But it's a it's a concern, Andrew. But on the flip side, I think we are trending into quarterback nightmare territory because Aaron Rodgers, he ain't getting traded. Russell Wilson, he ain't getting traded. Uh, David Carr, he's staying with Vegas. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson, his stuff isn't going to get settled until they think the draft. So, like, this, oh, my God, we're going to have a bunch of big star quarterbacks move. No, we're not. Like, the quarterback market is going to be rough. And, you know, the when you combine that with a bad draft, it's it's, it's If I'm James Winston's agent... (laughs) I am loving how everything's transpiring. <laughs> loving it. Yeah. Jameis, like, I, I think I was a little, when I saw that the Colts were going to get rid of Carson Wentz, I was a little bit too exuberant. I was like, oh, my God, that mean, that might mean Teddy Bridgewater gets like two years, 20, 20, 22 million dollars. That was a little crazy by my part. But I look at this market, and I think Jameis Winston is going to get a really good deal. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, if he gets cut, he will get a really good deal. Because teams will be like, I don't want, I'm not trading for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's injured right now. But if he gets cut and you don't, all you have to do is give him a salary, I think teams like Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh would be all over Jimmy Garoppolo. And I like, and for the Saints, I wouldn't mind it either. But I, I mean, this this quarterback market, it's getting so desperate. Marty Gaudet was Mitchell Trubisky. Rehabilitation day. I saw Dan Orlovsky tweeting he needs to start. Like, and when you're when you're when you're talking about Mitchell Trubisky in a serious way as a starting quarterback, you know the quarterback market is bad. It's getting dark, <laughs> real dark. <laughs> I want, I want, um, I want Budridge to talk because Budridge he eats the tape. He eats the tape like you. And like, can you? Once you've watched the picket, can you see it with his? Can you be like, ooh, I, I kind of see this. That's a, that looks like an issue with a small hand. Like that throw's not coming out good. Like, do you do you see it on tape or not really? Andrew. Oh, I thought you were asking. Butter. No, I'm waiting for Butters to come in, but but he can he can chime in too. But do you see it on tape? You're like, oh, small hands. No, uh, but again, it's college football. Yeah, the ball is is completely different from an NFL ball. I, I go back to yeah, I don't know if you remember Tony Sacco, the uh, Penn State Tony Saka, whatever his name was, the Penn State quarterback. That's right. Yeah, and, and he was very good, and he retired uh, right after being drafted. He was in training camp with an NFL team, and it was like my hands are too small, <laughs> I can't. Grip yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in the '90s, but like Pickett is the smallest hand. I've seen. So like, you know, these people that are dismissive of it, like, Oh, well, Joe Burrow had the same issue. Like, no, no, he, he had a nine inch hand. Like this guy has an eight and a quarter. Like it's, it's a big difference. And again, like I, I'm just telling you guys, I can throw a college ball. No problem. I have eight and a half hands. My hands are bigger than pickets. I cannot throw an NFL ball. I can't do it. So, you know, there's all this talk about the gloves that he uses and maybe that makes a difference. You know, I, I'm not in on the glove technology. I haven't tried to throw with it, but like, and, and I'm sure that he has, I know he has much better upper body strength and all that. So maybe, maybe that's all it takes to make a difference. But I can tell you from a grip standpoint, I have bigger hands than him. And, and I've tried to, college football is no problem. And NFL ball is a huge problem. Budrich, are you concerned? I know you eat the tape. Are you are you concerned about the hands? I mean, a little bit. I mean, I did find something interesting when looking. Uh, apparently, Michael Vick also had small hands. He had hand size of eight and a 
of eight and a half. Yeah, but Michael Vick was a freak, the, maybe the biggest freak athlete yeah. that ever played quarterback. So Yeah, he had, he had a cannon arm too. And I think the hands asking kind of get a problem with ball security because, you know, when you had like the average hand size for for a quarterback is about nine and a half inches. And if you're somewhere close to that, you're you're fine. But uh, in my I think ball security might be a little issue. I mean, like with the college football, it's a it's a little smaller and a little more compact. I mean, I honestly like a college football a college football more than the NFL because I think it just looks prettier when you throw a spiral <laughs> versus uh versus an NFL ball. But it's gonna I think it's gonna be it interesting you know once he gets nfl he holds an nfl ball and you know he's trying to uh get some of these throws in I, the only thing i was kind of concerned with with pickett is throwing towards the sidelines because sometimes it sails a little high on him but i don't know if it's because of hand size or there's something else with him mechanic mechanically well thank thanks for thanks for joining us but we uh we appreciate it um yeah it, here's the thing andrew is Quarterbacks, we'll get we'll get into it. But do you agree with me that like the market? I think it stinks. I think it even even stinks worse. It's going to be even harder than I imagined because at the beginning of free agency or the beginning of offseason, I didn't think the Colts were going to eject on Carson Wentz. And you have an extra team now, and you have Brady retiring. Like it, if you're looking for a quarterback, this might be one of the hardest years to find one. I think. Well, I, I think the problem with quarterback this year is that we don't know the timeline. I think it's one thing when you have a bunch of guys hitting free agency or you have a bunch of guys on the free agent market and there's some urgency to get to it prior to free agency or prior to the draft. But every guy's on a different timeline right now, right? And you don't know when someone might pull the trigger on a trade. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it makes it infinitely more difficult to decide when have we figured out quarterback? And, and this is the thing that's so interesting. It's like you could go through free agency and then here you are on March 1st and a quarterback becomes available. And this is when you might have the opportunity to make your move. And I think that's what's most challenging about navigating all this. Yeah. It's, it, to me, it's going to be really interesting because you have – not only you always have teams looking for quarterbacks because there's not enough to go around and teams that looking for quarterbacks are usually bad. But this year, Andrew, I think you have a it's a it's really strange in that you have Pittsburgh, the Saints, the Colts, Washington, uh, Tampa, like all those teams look at themselves and are like, I don't know, man. we're ready to win every, now. Every year there, there are teams that qualify as that, though. Everyone always needs a quarterback. Well, no, but they need a quarterback, but they, 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 they don't have as many teams that are like, if we get a quarterback, we're ready to win now. Like, like Tampa. I, I, kind of think, I although I, I, think, I feel like there's like seven teams or eight teams like that every year. You disagree? Yeah, you're, pro yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. Maybe it's just, I notice it more because the saints are finally quarterback needy and we're, we're, in, we're in quarterback poverty and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care about it before. <laughs> Now that now that we're living in a quarterbackless world, I'm like, oh my god, it's poverty out here. Yeah, when you had Drew Brees for 16 years, it was easy to ignore that. It was easy to say, <laughs> hey, look at all these idiots that keep talking about needing a quarterback. Isn't that cute? Until you need one, and you're like, yeah. Anyway, 
And here's the thing that it we sucks. that I it sucks. We're we're in quarterback purgatory. Like even if you look at Jameis Winston, who by all accounts was exciting last year, and I'm hopeful that the Saints bring him back and maybe he's the answer. Like make no mistake, we are in quarterback purgatory. Yeah, and that's the thing to me is like uh, I, I, that's why I almost sort of lean towards drafting one because even if you sign Teddy or you sign Jameis to like a one-year deal, it, it, and great, look, they can play well, and that would be great. But like long term, like if the Saints go ten and seven and Jameis is kind of like he was last year with the Saints, where he's not, he doesn't turn the ball over, but everything else is kind of. Eh. Can I then ask? You're a, like, can I ask a question with no judgment? Either way with your answer, no judgment, right? Like, regardless okay. of how you answer this. Ian Book, are you – I don't know. I, actually, I'm going to make a statement before I ask the question. My statement is that while I think he's a dud, it's really unfair to evaluate him based on that farcical start that he had with everything that, you know, everything that was stacked against him, right? He was forced to start in a game. So anyway, have you concluded that the Saints should draft a quarterback, ergo Ian Book? And it's, I'm not even saying he can't be a starter. It's like, are are you saying he can't even be a backup? Have you you concluded that? I think it's really close. And here's why. I don't blame him. For the bad start. And there was no way he was succeeding against Miami. No way. But the the thing that led me to that decision is why I don't think he's ever going to amount to anything, unfortunately, is because in Miami, against Miami, he never showed me one time where I was like, oh, there you go. Like when he like, like if he would have scrambled around and got away from the defense or scrambled or scrambled around and made like a really nice throw. You'd be like, oh yeah. there it is. You'd be like, there it is. I see I see it. And I, Taysom I, Hill Taysom Hill is bad of a quarterback as he is. He he shows you that. All the time. You're like yeah. you're like, there you go. That's that's why Sean Payton would gush about him to Troy Aikman. I see it. I don't think yeah. I don't think he can do it consistently, but I see it. I never saw yeah. it one time for me in that game. And that's the thing. Like, I, I just I'm think with you. I just think the Saints looked at him and they're like, he had all the intangible things that Sean Payton loved. He started multiple years. He won a bunch of games and played for Notre Dame. Like he had all of that. And I think the Saints, like they fell in love with that. And they were like, he has all that. And his physical skills, they'll be good enough. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And, and we can, we can, we don't have to play him right away. So we can get him up to speed. And I just think his physical skills, like, whatever the line is at quarterback, like he doesn't have, he doesn't, he doesn't have, like you don't have to have a big arm to play in the NFL now. You don't have to be, but, but you have to do at least one physical thing. Well, like Drew Brees was ridiculously accurate and way more mobile than you thought in the pocket. Like those were elite physical traits that he had. Ian book. I look at him. I'm like, I don't see anything. And, and listen, it doesn't matter. When when you need a quarterback, I'm all for getting trying and drafting them, pulling buying lottery tickets. Like I, I don't blame it. It's a fourth round pick, man. Rick Leonard was a fourth round pick. Who cares? Like you took a shot. Yeah. You took a shot. It didn't work. Like 
And maybe look, maybe he'll maybe he'll get better this year, and it'll be I'll, I'll be wrong. I don't care, but like I just well look look tonight is a great night in Louisiana sports, at least in terms of basketball. The Pelicans housed the Kings. Pelicans are good. Uh yeah, it's you know, CJ McCollum was a nice pickup. So <laughs> uh, get good news there. And then I'm watching LSU basketball right now. Look, a lot can change between now and the end of the game. But right now, we got about 17 minutes left. LSU is beating number 14 Arkansas on the road, 42 to 35. LSU, they are going to go far in the tournament because I just think they are a weird team and they play. They can play fantastic defense when they lock in, and they're going to just be a nasty out for some team that's seated higher than them. I think I think LSU I think LSU is going to get. They're going to be a Sweet Sixteen team. They're uh, they're just they're. I think uh, from your lip from your I love the I, LSU LSU basketball is my first. I love the Saints the most, but LSU basketball is kind of my first love because they were the first sports team that I ever rooted for that ever won anything. So, like, I have this attachment to LSU basketball that might even in a weird way be stronger than LSU football because I'm Dale Brown, I'm Ricky Blanton, I'm Chris, like, Chris Jackson, Shaq, all, like, all of it. Like, it just, like, it, it's my childhood and it's nostalgia. Um, Andrew, before you joined us when we were doing a little bit of pre-show as we were waiting for, waiting, waiting for you to get hooked up, I was saying I was ranting against Charles Robinson of Yahoo. I actually tweeted at him. I wanted him to join us tonight. If it, Charles, if you're if you're in the room and I don't see you, request to speak. Uh, but he was on a Robert Mays podcast and he was like, Sean Payton quit the Saints because he knows the iceberg is coming and he got out a year early. And I just was yelling in my car in Houston traffic, Andrew. I'm just these NFL people that don't understand the salary cap. The Saints are $34 million under the cap and – but they're really not because they're going to redo Lattimore. That's going to create, what, $15 million of space? They can cut Roby. That's going to create $10 million of space. So they're $9 million over. They can cut Malcolm Jenkins or just force him to do a redo maybe and get there. They can do a couple other things, get to $20, 25000000 million of cap space. Like these NFL people that are supposedly educated, plugged-in writers, like not knowing drives me nuts. But that aside, Andrew, if you want to talk about that, that's cool. But Allen Robinson, the Bears, aren't going to tag him probably, and he's going to walk. If the Saints go get a big dog receiver, is he one that you would want? Absolutely. Would there be anybody else I mean, that you would be like, I want him more. If the Saints are going to pay $15 million for a receiver, go get this guy instead. I mean, like. Um. I, mean, I don't know. There's a ton of guys. I There's a, look like the receiver uh, free agents are when, deep. When you consider that, when you consider that Kenny Stills, <laughs> not free receiver, like there's no name that you could throw out there where I would turn my nose. None. I feel like that at tight end. Like I mean, dude, it's like it's like driving a Hyundai and you telling me it's like driving a, a Subaru Outback and you telling me. Hey, would you want a Porsche or like uh, a Tesla, or, <laughs> or or would you be more comfortable with a Mercedes? Like the answer is yes. You, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, would you prefer a luxury car or the dog shit heap <laughs> of a hundred miles that you have on this trash automobile that you've been driving for the last five years, the last fifteen years, right? So. That's where I feel like the Saints are at receiver. There is no receiver. Like, 
this is how bad it is at Saints receiver. I saw today that Andy Isabella had requested a trade from the Cardinals, <laughs> and I didn't want to puke at the idea. People of in the Discord, the by the way, you should you should become a patron to get in the Discord. People in the Discord for Saints Happy Hour were lusting for Andy Isabella. I barely remember he existed. And people were like, I think he can catch 45 balls in the Saints offense. And I <laughs> I didn't even know he, I didn't even know he existed prior to seeing the tweet and I was all in. <laughs> Kevin, he's with it. Kevin's I don't even know who he is. And I want Ralph. I and I want him. He's like is he not Kenny Stills? Yes. Bring him in. <laughs> Kevin I, well, he might be Kenny Stills. He might be. He might he's be the a, white. He's a small. Yeah, he's a small speedster. Kenny that, Stills, that really but he might not be. Here's 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 my here's my question to you, Kevin, and I want other people to to, to request to speak and answer it as well. Put a, put put aside keeping Teron Armstead and, and keeping Marcus Williams. We we hope the Saints do that. But what is a move? That when free agency starts, I think it starts March 16th. I think it starts at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. What's a move that if the Saints did it like the first 30 minutes of free agency, they sign a dude that would get you banned from Twitter because you would lose your mind and just start yelling obscenities at the cat nerds and you might get fired from your job because you're just ridiculously happy. Kevin, are you there? Yeah, Kevin, you're gonna have to start with the unmuting yourself there you go. thing. For, for starting, okay, yeah, I, I totally, totally muted myself. I mean, age of uh, Zoom and whatnot, and I'm still pulling that off. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, uh, yeah, it was it would be basically any type of receiver or tight end that would be a good complement to. Oh, I think he muted himself again, Andrew. To Michael Thomas. Did he not want to say Michael Thomas out loud? <laughs> was that was that like kind of the thing where he was like I, you didn't want to jinx it? I, I think I think Mike I think if, if I think if they signed Mike Williams from the Chargers, I might spontaneously combust from happy. He's a good he, he's a good player. He's good, but like I mean, it would be it would be in the four it would be in the four years like seventy five to eighty five million dollar range. Like it would it would the Capners would lose their minds. But he would be a perfect complement to to our offense. He would. I mean, and that's the kind of player that would get me really excited. Like I mean, you you need two targets to go downfield and a running back at the at the very minimal. Yeah. And we could go go away from that with Sean Payton, but Sean Payton's not there anymore. We can't we can't go with a wide receiver, a running back, and then whatever we can find is another option and then have a quarterback that can make six dudes look like number twos. Like we don't we're not in that reality anymore. We have to do at least the bare minimum of a the Kansas City offense, where you have a bunch of Kelsey dudes. and Hill. I mean, we already have Mike Thomas, which is different than Hill, but we need somebody else. And until their offense got kicking, they needed a running back, like they needed Hunt, or they needed uh, Clyde, or yep. uh, I forgot Williams. But but like we have we have Camara, uh, but that's the bare minimum for a functioning offense right now is two downfield targets and a running back that can catch and. Dunk 
Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. We and don't Kevin have makes, that. Kevin we makes a that. good point. And, and, and I, I actually think it's exacerbated without Sean Payton. When you look at this offense, yeah. when you look at the personnel, you need more playmakers without Sean Payton, not less. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Kevin. I appreciate it, as always. Here, here's a question that we were kicking around in Discord today, Andrew, and I want your thoughts on it. And this is, and Grant, we're going to get to you in just a second. Uh, I was thinking about the Saints free agency, and the more I think about it, Teron Armstead, he really has the Saints by the balls. Because if he walks, it's a $13 million cap hit immediately. So, like, if the Saints... Right. So, like, if the Saints... He's more expensive to the team off yeah. than on it. So like, so, like, the Saints, literally, if they don't get, if they don't get him extended, they have to be at least $13 million under the cap at the deadline because... The minute free agency starts, the dead hit takes effect. So, like, I feel like maybe even more so than Marcus Williams, like, they have to get Teron Armstead done. Like, they just do. And and it just comes down, like, short of him being like, I want six years, $150 million, like, short of him being incredibly unreasonable – I think that's going to get done, man. It, it has to. It just it has to get done. Yeah, honestly, even at six years, one hundred fifty, like I don't think there's any price <laughs> that he throws out there where you're like, no, it's too much. No, it. it I mean, you, you're going to have to pay the dead money eventually. So that that's the thing about his dead money, right? Like it, it, it's going to come to roost. But you stomach that in a year where you don't think you can compete, A. And B, you have enough space that you're like, okay, we can absorb that. Yeah. In 2024, when you have 130 million in space. Yeah. 2022, when you're 75 million over the cap and you, you just went nine and eight and you have a chance to win the division this year, that's not the year to do it. Yeah. So I'm with you. I, I don't see a scenario where the Saints shouldn't do everything they can to try to retain Armstead. Yeah. It, it makes no sense to me to let him walk. You know, None. And, and, and here's another thing about free agency that, you know, some people get in that there's the cap's going to explode. But, and I think it was Kevin that made this point, and he might have made it, it maybe him, but somebody else too maybe, is if you spend, because the cap always goes up, your money is going to be worth less. So you want to, like, if you sign a guy now, in two years, the contract that feels like you overpaid now, if he's really good, in two years, it won't feel like an overpay. So you're better off spending it now than in two years when instead of a 50-catch tight end now will cost you $7 million. In two years, when the cap is $250 million, a 50-catch tight end might cost you ten. You know, and, it, and if you, yeah, but I mean, the cap is also bigger. So it, does it really make a difference? <laughs> I don't I, like, you, you, I hear what you're saying, but like, I, I don't think that's substantially different. I, I, I really think it, it's the skill positions that you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's pass rush or it, it's elite corner. It's quarterback. It's 
uh, elite pass catcher. It's left tackle. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the positions that become more expensive with time. And if you can find cheap guys, maybe rookies. But I'm just saying, like, if you can find guys like Davenport or uh, guys, or I mean, Mahomes before his rookie deal expired. Like, if if you or receivers that are elite, you know, before their second contract. Like, th- those are the guys that I think move the biggest needle in terms of your ability to have success. Yeah. Gr- the other the other positions, safety, linebacker, running back, those are always going tight end. Those are always going to be relatively affordable. Yeah. Grant, what he's been waiting a while. Grant, what's the one move the Saints could make at the beginning of free agency that would have you euphoric? Well, I had two I had two well I have one question I want to ask, and then I'll, I have a player. And well, I mean, if we sign Mike Jacecki, I think it's Jacecki <laughs> from Miami. I mean, that would just—I uh, don't know. I, I feel like it's just been a, such a desperate need for the past few years to have. And if you go back and watch, you, you would grant? Would you blow your load? <laughs> oh, some of our—if you go back and watch like any old, any of our old, you know tape film whatever i mean like you see any of our old highlights i'm not like a tape eater but you see any of our old highlights and you just see like the dynamic tight end and how much it matters in this offense i do feel like like we need that desperately but the one of the questions i did want to ask just to get both of your opinions on i apologize if he's been talked about already in the past but i am you know i have seen matt corral showing up on like yeah. mock drafts you know do either of you guys have any thoughts andrew on that? andrew I, does go ahead andrew yeah, I'm not a big fan, Grant, honestly. Um, two things. Number one, he got injured in in his bowl game. And uh, that, I mean, look, I, NFL football players get injured. That That's a given. But I think he's kind of literally limping into this process, which is not ideal. But but secondly, when I look at all these quarterbacks and I look at Carson Strong, a guy I like a lot, uh, he was at Nevada, really didn't have a good system, didn't, I mean, he actually did have a great receiver, but he, you know, he didn't have a great line. It, it was just, it was weird for him and he excelled. That's impressive to me. Uh, Kenny Pickett, he was at Pitt. He showcased, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate, looked amazing. Uh didn't have a great system around him, but but showcased his talent. Uh, you look at some of these other quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati. I mean, tore it up, looked amazing. He's the flavor of the week too. Him, him, and he, he is the flavor of the week. But you look at Corral, and to me, the thing with him is that his coach is and has always been an offensive guru. And you look at that offense, it was so scripted. It was one read. It was a pump fake. It was a play action mm-hmm. and a pump fake and then throw a bomb to the double move guy. And how many times did Ole Miss score a ton of points based on that play alone? You know, it was all scripted and it was just go here. And I will say he was good at the zone read stuff. He was good at making plays with his legs, but I look at a guy like Willis at Liberty and I see his speed and his ability to, to extend plays. And I'm like, that works in the NFL. Like he, he might not have the accuracy. He might not have the ability to throw the ball, but I know he can beat Marcus Davenport. Let's say who's the 
most freakish of defensive ends I can think of off the top of my head. I look at Willis, and I'm like, yeah, he can beat Davenport across the edge. When I look at Corral and all the plays that he makes with his feet at Ole Miss, he can't beat Davenport across the edge. And there's other guys in the NFL that have the same, you know, excellence in terms of physical skills and lateral ability. And I'm just looking at that and I'm like, Corral can't beat that guy off the edge. So if he can't make those plays in the NFL, what does he really have? So Corral, like on a list of quarterbacks this year that I think is, it, I believe it's kind of a down year. I'm not as into the quarterbacks this year as I've been in years past. To me, Corral, and, and I'll add Sam Howell from UNC on this list, like those guys are untouchable to me. It, I, like fifth round, sure, I, I would take them. No, that's that, really good. I would, to, I would yeah, not no, draft I mean, those guys. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, chime in and uh, love the show. Keep up the good work, guys. I, um, you know, I mean, I'm someone that doesn't, you know, really know the X's and O's really well. That was a question I just really wanted to ask because I know you guys kind of follow it a little closer. And well, Andrew um, could give Andrew us- does. He eats. Andrew, he well, eats I know Andrew. He eats. And I know he. he eats I knew he could give like yeah. you know a good break. He's, that. So he's watching. Thanks, Grant. He's watching. He, he, Andrew's watching all of it. Um. But you know what's interesting is I go on a lot of radio shows, and Sean Fox of ESPN Radio and Monroe is a huge Matt Corral guy, huge. And I, I, I've talked to you. You guys know I've we've had Randy Mueller mm-hmm. on the podcast, and I've 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 texted him my name drop. I'm like, am I crazy? Yeah, I just name drop. But I'm like, I, I've asked Randy, like, am I crazy here? Are you are you on board with me? And he's like, Andrew, you're 100 percent right. So like. I feel like I have put my thoughts out there and then I've like texted people and been like, what, how do you feel about this? And I, I've had guys corroborate what I've said, but there's people out there that I respect that know football that are all in on corral. So I'm just telling you, I don't see it personally, but, and so then I don't know, like, is it, just that he went to Ole Miss and they like <laughs> Ole Miss and he put up a bunch of stats and they're just not watching the tape and they're just being obnoxious or is like, look, I'm not a scout for an NFL team. Is there something I'm not seeing? I don't know. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 
five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Ritter from Cincinnati, uh, Mina Kynes loves him. And, but I feel like the momentum is back to where, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people were like, oh, there might be three or four quarterbacks taking this draft. It's not nearly as bad as people said. I feel like it's circled all the way back. And now people are like, yeah, <laughs> this draft is pretty well, Will, awful. Willis is, the, Willis is the interesting one to me because I feel like Mina Kimes is a perfect example of someone who's gushing over his talent. But like everyone is acknowledging, yeah, he can't. Here's the here's the thing with Willis: if Sean Payton was still here, and the Saints, whether they moved up or they took him at eighteen, and Sean Payton got in the press conference after the draft, you know, whenever they make the first round pick, the, the coach Mickey Loomis and he comes out and he said, "Listen, we love Willis. We love his traits. It's going to take time, but he is going to be our quarterback." For a long time, I believe in it. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make it work. He's got leadership skills. It'll be fine. Like, if we had Sean Payton, I'd be like, I trust Sean Payton. We're doing this. Willis it is. But without Sean Payton, I look at Willis and I'm like, I don't know. Like, nah, you know, give me, give me, give me small hands. Pick it instead. He looks like a more ready, ready product, you know? That's just that's just how I that's just how I think. Maybe it's maybe it's the right or wrong way. I just feel like Willis is one of those guys where he is not go, like like the Joe Burrows are rare. Like he drags Cincinnati to the freaking Super Bowl in year two. So like, oh look, oh hold on, no one in this class is Joe Burrow. No, but what I'm saying is Joe Burrow is a guy not he can. Tra- Joe Burrow is a guy who can transcend the culture. Willis is a guy, if he goes to the yeah. wrong team, he will be in the XFL in two, in three years. Like I'm not sure I'm not sure there is one team that can make Willis good, but I know <laughs> I know that's about at least there's at least sixteen that can make him horrible. Oh my god, yes. I mean look at the the Jaguars, they were they might be on the road to turning Trevor Lawrence into Archie Manning 2.0. So like you know, yeah. situ- situation matters. Um, what to you, what is going to be a telltale sign before free agency starts that you'll see something and you will go, oh, my God, teams are about to get stupid with these quarterback free agents. What's a, t- what's a, what's a sign that, because you know me, I'm always looking for signs. What's a sign? I don't, I don't know, dude. I that's already a given, Ralph. You think so? The cap, yes. The cap is going to be two hundred and fifty million. Like, what more needs to be said? Like, two years from now, 
And like, we're talking about how the saints are going to have all this space. Every, everyone's going to have a lot more space than the saints. FYI, like as much as we like to talk about how Mickey Loomis navigates the cap and, and how much, you know, the saints are up against it. And we're like, Oh, it's overblown. They're going to, they're going to figure it out. Like all these teams, they don't have cap problems. Yeah, but and they do. You know what? You know when they're not going to have cap problems in two years when the cap is two fifty. Well, the, the only thing I will say to that that I that and I believe this that the Saints have an advantage is most owners are not willing to cut the checks like Gail Benson, and because because listen, the Saints they've already committed like thirty thirty plus million dollars of signing bonus money. To get the cap from seventy to thirty-four, they're going to commit another thirty plus to get to to get to cap compliant. And if they add free agents and sign Armstead and Marcus Williams, you're talking a hundred, hundred and fifty million in bonuses committed very, very soon, right? I think that does give the Saints an advantage over some teams like Buffalo, like these other teams that aren't going to spend huge amounts of cash out the door um how much of an advantage we'll see uh but i really i i I see a world andrew that is my dream come true where the saints get to 20 million dollars under the cap and they're going hard out of the gate like they they maybe oh oh it's it i i I think that's legit happen all right who else wants to speak here? We we need Steve and Juge. I, I see you're in the chat. I see. Yeah. I see we've got some other guys. Who else? Uh, Who else wants to chat? Which, well, yeah. What you guys got? Yeah. Because yeah. I, because I, you know me. I lo- I love the trade. I love the transaction. Uh, one of my favorite days for the Saints was in 2017. Obviously, you remember what was the guard that they were trying to get? Oh, Ziegler. Remember, they needed a guard, and it was like, yes. and it was like, this, it was like the Saints and the Browns were trying to get Kevin Ziegler, and it was down to the wire. And then it's like he picked Ziegler, Ziegler picked the Browns because they offered him the most money. And literally, like ten minutes later, the Saints had Larry Warford. It was a freaking amazing. I love it. Like the Saints, like that's the thing to remember. Like when you are watching free agency, just a tip. Like if you see in free agency that the saints are in say they're in on Allen Robinson for the bears. Right. And it ends up that he goes to, I'm just picking it. He goes to the Raiders or he goes to wherever. And it's like, it was down, it was down to the Cleveland and the saints and Allen Robinson picked Cleveland. You can bet your ass that the Saints will just go down their list and say, who's next at receiver? Because th- th- then you know that they have clearly decided we need a receiver. We wanted a top guy. The top guy said, no, who's next on the list? So that's just something to, something to watch in free agency. If the Saints are chasing Gasecki at tight end and they don't get him, go down the list. They're going to hit the next guy or go or whatever. Because that's how the Saints operate. They, they're not going to be like, oh, we didn't get this receiver up. I guess we don't feel that need. I guess we'll wait till the draft. No. So that's just a little thing. That's just a little, I don't know how you describe it, like how to watch free agency when it's And starts. a lot of times, the, and here's the best part. A lot of times the guys they want <laughs> that's right. end up 
end up being terrible, yeah. but they don't get them. And then the, the, the second guy that they get, which is kind of the guy they reluctantly accept, ends up being way better than the Mickey guy Loomis's, they wanted. Mickey Loomis's superpower is he's, he, all the moves he wants to make that are terrible, he's not able to do them. And listen, like Ziegler ended up being good for the Browns and the Giants, but like they got Warford, who was really solid for two years, and he cost like a third of the price, right? So, yeah. So it, it was good. Like Warford, we kind of make, you know, that people look at back and they're like, ah, he wasn't that good. He was good business. Like he was a guard. And I think it was like they paid like eight, like it was like four years, like $36 million. Like, yeah, it was like, it was like Ben Grubbs in the sense that like good acquisition didn't last a long time, but you know, you compare it to what they could have had and no, no. No worries. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Ben Grubb is a good example where they they offered Carl Nix. They went to the limit. They're like, "Do you want this deal?" Carl Nix said no. So they're like, "Okay," and they gave it to Ben Grubbs. See, ya. I think that's yeah. a thing where we could see it at safety, where like maybe the Saints don't tag Marcus Williams, and they're like, "Okay, Marcus Williams, you're going. You went to Detroit for five years, ninety eight million." Okay, we're getting Justin Reed for the. We're getting Justin. Man, I man, I would be so stunned by that. What if? I, I just I I can't get over the hump of Dennis Allen got this job. <laughs> That's right. And su- succeeded in transforming the Saints defense. Now I'm not going to say because of Marcus Williams, but but I'm going to say Marcus Williams was a major reason, and for him to say. Eh, let him walk. We'll get the next guy. To me, that is completely counterintuitive to how he got the job. Do you think? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Well, the well, the thing is, though, I just think, <clears throat> I just think, if Marcus Williams, if he isn't done, if he isn't done before March 16th, and he isn't tagged, he's leaving. I just feel like it's kind of like, let, let's say Saints happy hour out of nowhere, Ralph. And you as the host, <laughs> like you get invited on some NFL network as the, as the Saints rep, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, you know, of course you're going to bring Andrew along because he's yeah, been your, right. your, your Rob and your Batman and he's been your Robin the whole time. But you're just like, Eh, I don't really need Dave. Dave <laughs> That's know, right. He's kind I, of been annoying. He's been this guy that I kind of like. No, you got to bring Dave. A little yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. You know what? I can make it without Dave. And so you kind of kick Dave to the curb, and that's what this feels like. It's the, not like it's not like Marcus Williams is your juge, but he might be your Dave Carey. Right, Kevin and, somewhere, his ears are burning. He's like, what about me? Got to bring everybody. <laughs> Uh, Ke- Kevin's like Quan Okay, Kevin. Is Kevin even here tonight? Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's a Pete Werner. It's in, I, it's, wings. It, were, Kevin might actually be replaceable. Kevin. It's it's interesting. It, it's 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 fascinating because you made the case for Marcus Williams. We made the case earlier that Teron Armstead kind of has him by the balls. Uh, so they have a lot of stuff in free agency. But I, I just. I, I I want to dunk on the cap nerds so badly because last year it worked out and the Saints they 
you know, they, they, they had to get rid of Jack Rabbit, but they got unvaccinated corner Adebo, and he worked out fine, and they traded for... Oh, that was a great, yeah, it was a great trade-off. It was, a, it was, a, it was, it was, a, it worked out great, but they lost Emmanuel Sanders. They really needed a receiver. So the cap nerds kind of, they kind of won, because the Saints, they had $100 million, and they didn't fall off a cliff. Uh, they went 9-8, and they almost made the playoffs, right? But this year, I think there's real potential to dunk all over them. Like, we kind of dunked on them when the Saints franchise Marcus Williams were like, <laughs> they were 100 million over and they franchise Marcus Williams. Aren't you surprised? Like, that would be fun. But signing Mike Williams, signing Allen Robinson, signing DJ Chark, like, those, those moves would be like a Zion Williams, Zion Williamson thunder dunk. So that's what I want. I, I just, I, I, I love dunking on the cat nerds almost as much as like a regular uh, yeah i hear all that but i gotta say no bigger middle finger to cap nerds than when you're this high over the cap and you franchise tag it <laughs> there's some there's some statement that you make there <laughs> like it's one thing when you like uh, see it's like you unload a bunch of your own dudes and i feel like it that that's an easy grapefruit for the for the catmers to be like, yeah, see, I told you so. See, you lost that guy. He was important <laughs> to your team. But when you tag a guy, it's like it, it's like that one year deal that costs an insane amount of money. And for it's almost like you have you have to have tons of space to make it work. So when you have no space and you do it anyway, uh, to me that is the most insulting thing. You could ever do to a cat <laughs> Andrew. And that's, and that's why I love Marcus Williams' that's right. franchise tag last year when the Saints were $100 million I mean, over. Andrew Brandt will lose his – Andrew Brandt, he he just – it's like uh, – not to, not to go all politics, but it is kind of like Republican-Democrat. There's just things that they philosophically disagree on politically right and they're never they're never going to come to an agreement andrew brandt is like that with cash over they call it cash over cap like he just doesn't believe in it philosophically and he low-key hates the saints like <laughs> yeah but so but, and so here's the thing ralph it's not that it's fiscally responsible it's not that i want the saints saddled with another one-year franchise tag deal with Marcus Williams, I'd rather the long-term deal, right? Where, the, where mm -hmm. it's more it's more affordable this season. It gives them more flexibility this season. So I, I would prefer that, but I'm not going to lie. There's a big part of me that would love for them to franchise tag him <laughs> again just, just for the outrage. <laughs> <sighs> Extend Teron Armstead, franchise Marcus Williams, go yeah. go sign, like, yeah, go like, sign Allen Robinson or Gasecki. Like there's a small <laughs> part of me, Ralph, that wishes the Saints cap situation was worse, so they could <laughs> so they could franchise tag him, and it would be more insulting to the. Nerd. When was the last time? When was the maybe somebody that has a, a tremendous amount of knows it is. When was the last time the Saints went into free agency with like forty million dollars of space? Has it has it ever happened? Like maybe the first couple of years with Breeze, 
Like I can't remember the like where they were, we were like they got fifty million dollars of space. It's gonna be wild. Like I can't I can't remember that ever really. Maybe two thousand. I mean honestly, like the times they've had space, like we were like, eh, Tom Benson's the owner. Yeah. And you never really thought they were gonna spend that much. That's right. You know. Yeah, I think. Um, but but I I mean the year that they binged on linebackers. Oh yeah. Like Hawthorne, Chamberlain, and Lofton. I mean they they kind of went nuts. They did. That year. And they re-signed. They re. They 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 extended. They did Drew last, and they did Colst. They did Colston right before the window started. That was fun. That would be fun. Like it would be fun if they binged on tight end. Like like if they if we're like you know we go into it, we're like man, if they could get Gasecki or Njoku or you know uh, Kyle Rudolph, get one of those guys, and they get like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, tight, well, tight end. So, okay, fixed. so that's a good that's a good question. If they could binge on a position, what position would you want them to binge on? Ooh, it's hard because it, they get they get they get. I'm I, I'm gonna just say this right now. Like, I don't I can't I won't promise you that any of the dudes will be good. <laughs> but what I can promise you is that they will binge on a position. They will get three dudes. Three. See. I want to say receiver, but you got Michael Thomas. And if you think they, they're feeling really good about Michael Thomas, they're confident that he's on the right path. So if you got him, I want to say, I'm going to steal this from Kevin Sims, who was talking to us earlier. I think it's tight end because I'm, I really worry that Troutman is just trash. So like, if you could get me Gasecki and Njoku and Rand and like binge at tight end and then, and then you could have, you could go two tight ends, Camara. You draft a running back. You could do some fun stuff there, right? Uh, I think it might be. T- I think. I think I might want him to binge at tight end. Well, I'm. I'm just glad my dad finally developed the balls. To speak, yeah. So. Go ahead, Mr. Jude. What you got for us? You got to. You got to unmute yourself. That's a. That's a key component. Yep. Hey, hey, guys. Okay. All right. I got it. Hey, listen, I, I, I have confidence in the in the in the front office and in the in, in the coaching staff. You know, a lot of the, these guys have been together for a long time. You know, Sean Payton wasn't the only guy, you know, evaluating That's talent. Right. I think I think I think we'll have a good, you know, we have a good core. You know, we got this winning culture with a good core of folks who know how to evaluate talent. I mean, I'm laughing about about baby hands picking because <laughs> boy, I, I remember I remember distinctly in 2019 people saying Joe Burrow's hands were too. Yeah, small. but nine, I mean, Mr. Juge, the difference with I feel like the difference between nine and the rumor is he's going to measure at less than eight and a half. I feel like that's a oh, big deal. Uh, but, but, you know, maybe it is. But, but look, folks will evaluate that in the combine. I think. You know, I think the draft, you know, where where players are in the draft order is going to bounce around because there's no sort of predominant quarterback. You know, that stuff can bounce around. I have confidence in our folks to make choices. I think when it comes to some of our, you know, outstanding players on defense, especially, you know, Williams, whatever. Yeah. I, I think I think they're going to make the right moves to, to to take care of people who have taken care of us, you know, and made us winners, you know, especially on the defense. I think I think Loomis has got you know great ideas about trying to win now and you know building for the future. So you know he's not going to make funny moves for cap space just to create cap space. He's going to do it when he needs to to get people. And I so I, I think that when free agency comes along and we see how things shake out, 
I, th- I think we're going to be very, very competitive. I think somehow a good receiver, either in the draft or free agency, will shake out. And and I'm I'm just I'm 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 positive that we're a good place to come. Yeah. So th- those are my thoughts. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Mr. Juju. Andrew, I I think the the, the key thing too for, for for free agency is Washington and Carolina. Those are two quarterback needy teams that are ahead of the Saints. I think if if like. Washington would say trade for Deshaun Watson and Carolina would get Garoppolo, then I would feel like there's a good chance that the Saints are going to have their pick of quarterbacks at 18, you know? So so that's one thing that it, it's going to have to play out. Uh, but I, I love it. We got we, one more person, then we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here pretty soon. Bergenstein, what you got for us? What's your what's your move that you want the Saints to do when free agency starts? That'll just have you drink. They'll have you day drinking March sixteenth from the excitement. Honestly, <clears throat> honestly, I would say like uh, definitely like I I would be hyped with a good tight end, yeah, like, like and and Joku or something like that. But then I, I was thinking like if we get like a and Joku or something like that, it's like what would happen? Like what like what you guys like? I was thinking like this: what got what you you guys would think like if we got like a and Joku? Like do you think that like they move Juwan Johnson to like try to play wide receiver mm. again or something like that? Like, because I, 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 I gave that a thought because didn't he play wide receiver? He did. I, I just think, uh, Bergenstein, I think if they just, if they had a tight end or two, I just think <laughs> Jawan Johnson's roster spot gets perilous. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think, think like, they're not going to be like moving him around. I just think it just gets really hard for him to make the roster if they had a bunch yeah, of tight ends. It's true, true. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I think. The more, the more I think about it, and Bergen said, thanks for joining us. The more I think about it, Andrew, as we've gone through this podcast, I really think tight end is the, is the place, right? Because at other positions, you could say, we got Michael Thomas. Quarterback's sort of different. We got to figure that out. But tight end, tight end, and maybe interior of the line is like where spots where like the Saints are like, we have to freaking fill these holes in free agency. I, I think the I think the more I think about it, tight end and, and guard are the two spots. And like they're gonna do something in free agency. Well they, they they have to improve situationally. And so here's where it gets interesting. I mean you talk about Michael you talk about sorry Juwan Johnson, right? And he's a perfect example of a tight end. He he's not a blocker. He's a receiving tight end. Mike Gesicki a lot of people talk about, hey, we, I, we want to acquire him. We want him to be the tight end for the Saints. He's not a blocker. He is a receiving tight end, period, end of story. He is Jimmy Graham light. He is not as good a receiver, but he's close. You know, that, that, that's kind of what he mm-hmm. is. And blocking-wise, it's kind of the same yeah. deal, right? So when he's on the field, other teams know you're not running the football. And if you do – it's not going very well if Gisicki's, if, if Gisicki's right. on the field. And so, like, that's where that's where it's going to be interesting. Like, Sean Payton did not like having guys like that because Sean Payton, well, first of all, he loved to situate – he loved to substitute you to death, right, to make it awkward. But he loved versatile guys that gave him the flexibility to give him a play call where down and distance didn't matter. 
right? And so that, as much as some of us hate Troutman, as bad as some of us hate Nick Vanette, those guys are versatile players. Yeah. Like, you can call a run on first and ten. You can call play action on second and two. And the personnel isn't a tell if they're on the field. And they can run the routes. They can they can block for you. Gesicki, you know it's a pass. Yeah. I, you know? And so that that's where it gets that that's where like Juwan Johnson, as much as Saints fans like foam out the mouth for him, like he's on the field, it's a pass. Yeah, and and but you know, Patriots did it last year. They signed Smith and they signed um I can't remember the tight end from San Diego, but they signed two of them and they spent like a hundred million dollars. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, yeah, they yeah. signed them both. It was like almost a hundred million between them. Uh, and they were both huge this season. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Matt Jones, Patriots never won a game where they, their defense gave up more than 17 points. Like just brutal. Just brutal. I mean, I, I I like Mac Jones. I think he'll be okay. Do we have the angry hoot? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, angry, angry Ocho. Angry Ocho. Uh, what you got? You're, you're going to be the final. What's a free agent move that's going to would get you incredibly pumped? Don't forget to unmute yourself. Yeah, don't forget to unmute yourself. Go ahead, Andrew. Angry. I, I I appreciate it. It's it's really simple for me. I'm I'm the same as you, Ralph. I'm in it for the jokes. That's right. I'm in it for the memes. I'm in it for dunking on the national <laughs> media. Right. And the only way that that continues is that the Saints remain relevant in the national media. I worry that with Breeze gone and with Sean gone, that that's going to decline. And so whatever irritates people, trade up twice, <laughs> trade down, get something, whatever it is that keeps the Saints name in the national well, media so, get, so that we can continue to make them look like fools is what I want. Well, I think then then you got to then if, if you want that, if you want if you want absolute revel, relevancy, you want you want you want Russell Wilson or you just want like a mega splash the first day where like the Saints they go Gasecki uh Allen Robinson. Yeah, I don't even think it needs to be that. It just needs to be. I don't even think names, players. Like I don't. Yeah, it doesn't need to be any of that. It just needs to be reckless behavior <laughs> with the cap, like ghost years, extending guys. Like just push so much cap money into the future that your ESPN experts are like, "Oh, you can't do that." Yeah. They, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here that's, for Viking I'm here for Viking and level. We, Loomis is really we need, you know what they, you know what I want them to do? And thanks angry. Ocho. That, you know what I want them to do, Andrew? I want, I want the Nick fairly special, not his extension that ended <laughs> up badly. I want the voidable year inside the voidable year inside the Easter egg. So they can add dudes. That's what I want. You want the, well, I, I guess I was about to say Russian dolls, but maybe that's, that's bad. Not, no, maybe it's, yeah, it's not topical. It's not good. But like, that's what I want. I want the, I want the nest. I want the nesting doll. I want the, the voidable year inside the voidable year inside a mystery. Like that's, that's what I want. I want wreck. That's we want recklessness out the gate. And here's the thing, like selfishly, I, I I want it because it's great for the show. It gets people super excited. It makes the offseason fun. But that's why I love it. Like, even if I wasn't doing this podcast, like, I want to be going into July 
And how awesome would it be if we go into July and we're like, they added, they they, they kept Winston. They added a receiver. They added two tight ends. They signed this guard for four million. That's gonna that's gonna push Ruiz. They kept Marcus Williams. They kept Teron Armstead. Like, get that'll get us freaking excited. I don't want it to be oh they they kept Bridgewater and they kept Armstead, but Marcus Williams left and they signed a bunch of injured old dudes. Maybe one of them will work out at receiver and catch forty five balls, and maybe it'll work out. You know, like I want to be pumped about Saints football and. Screw the future. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, 2025. The world's on fire, man. Spend that money now. Spend that gambling money. Spend that TV money, Gail. Spend it now. You can't take it with you. Make our free agent dreams come true. So, everybody, thanks for joining us. We appreciate everybody in Twitter spaces. But please... Become a patron. It's the best thing you can do. You can support what we're doing as for as little as $7 a month. If you do $10, you get the booze bundle. You get uh, Mardi Gras cups. You get a Saints player card. You get access to our Discord channel. You get ad-free shows. It's amazing. You should do it. So, everybody, thanks for joining us, and we will see you again tomorrow. Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They are here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sports drink, spelled sports drink without the vowels. That's S P R T S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. 
Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.